Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Well, uh, Cam Moon and myself will have the radio call of tonight's game with Rob Brown, Reed Wilkins, and Brendan Escott. Uh, Jack Michaels with Louis DeBrusque and Gene Principe on the television side. I'll be swinging by for an intermission as well. And uh, we are going to head off to the uh, River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline. And for our friends at GCL Diesel, providing genuine diesel parts and turbochargers at great prices since 1972, gcldiesel.com, we welcome back to the show the second highest scoring DeBrusque uh, that you will find on uh, NHL stats uh, and on uh, Hockey DB. Yeah, uh, Louis, Louis DeBrusque joining us right now. How you doing? I'm doing well, Bob. How you doing today, bud? Not bad. Just remember, Louie, it's all about perspective. There's no stoffers that have ever scored a goal uh, in the NHL. So there you go. <laughs> Is that true? There's never been a stoffer? There's never been a stoffer in the NHL. Wow. No. It, uh, there's been a lot of stoffers that have been journalists, by the way, even down in the States. But, uh, yeah, and some people say, you're not a journalist. All right. Uh, hey, Louie, Jack was mentioning today, uh, Jack Michaels, that uh, something happened the other night against Nashville. It's never happened in NHL history. Uh, it's one player having 20 goals and 30 points in 10 games against one team. It is yeah. unbelievable what uh, what Leon Dreisaitl has done against Nashville, isn't it? It's incredible. You know, you're, you're putting up five points a game in the last couple games especially. It's just... And they know it. That's the thing. You know, you go into a building like that, and we've always talked about just having that feeling against certain opposition, against certain goaltenders. For goaltenders, they have a feeling against certain shooters. It's just the way it goes. You can't explain it. You don't know why. But there's no question that Leon Dreisaitl has a good feeling when he's playing against the National Predators, and things just go his way. I mean, he's an elite player. Don't get me wrong. It's not It's not even that far-fetched to imagine him putting up five points in the game because he's done it. What is it, nine times now, I think, that he's done it in his career? I, I saw a stat somewhere. Maybe that's Connor. I don't know. One of the two, anyway. But, um, yeah, he has his way there, and uh, I think they're sick of seeing him. I kind of made the joke on the air, you know, is that scene in Top Gun when they were Maverick and Goose were like, oh, geez, it's... Uh, I can't even remember what the name of the Viper and whoever, and he's like, yeah, they're probably saying, oh, no, it's Maverick and Goose. Yeah. But that's what the Nashville Predators think right now when they see Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid um, on the schedule. It's going to be a tough night, and it has been. Yeah, well, yeah, it's. Uh, I, I believe, actually, oh, man, i got to check because somebody sent me the text after the game on it. Uh, 
uh, Tyler Hupka passed along to me. Did I save it? Did I go all the way back? Uh, anyhow, uh, I think Leon has six four-point games and Connor has seven. That might be it. Uh, oh, yeah. Is this the Gretzky one? Yeah. You said on the bus the other night? Yeah. yeah. It's 79, you said. 79. No, has. it's five point. Think, sorry, it was five, five point, point games. It, he has 79 five point games. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was Oilers five point games. And. Um, oh. I yeah. got I got Jack calling me right now. I should put him on a, a, a little bit of a, well, a three-way here. All so. Jack has to do is Jack can call into Brendan if he wants right now, and we or Brendan, you can call, and he can. I, I think it's seven five-point games for McDavid, six five-point games for Drysaddle. Uh, coffee's up around five, six, or seven, um, and then and then what a courier entered. Now now I got to find the damn stat. It it might be on. But we do know we do know that it was seventy nine for Gretzky. Yes, yeah, so we just started uh, like, laughing. So that is incredible. Like I mean, I just that just kind of makes you sit back and go, okay, that's how dominant the great one was. Like oh. it's just absolutely. And we forget, you know, you forget because as time goes on, you just start to forget that. But when you see a stat like that, it is glaring at how much he dominated the game. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what happened. I lost it, and now I can't even find it on... Uh... I can't believe we stumped the brain. Well, no, there's there's been serious debate overall on uh, on the brain. <laughs> the, the brain has lost a little bit of its luster over time. It might, it might be the might be the road trips, the three thirties in the hotels, waking up to show you're a busy man. You work hard, Bob. Oh well, thank you. Flattery might get you somewhere on this. Uh, all right, hey, so you know Leon's got Nashville's number. They're calling him the mayor of Nashville. Okay, <laughs> was there a place where Louis DeBrusque felt good and was the mayor of uh, that city? No, but there was some buildings that I felt pretty good in. Um, I told you this morning. I said, you know, for Joe Louis Arena, it was just one of those old buildings that, and maybe it was because I got a tour of Joe Louis uh, back when I was in junior. We were in there playing the Detroit CompuWare Spitfires, and. Um, we uh, we um, went through a little tour, and uh, it was it was it was pretty cool to see it. Obviously, Bob Probert and Joey Kosher were two guys that I loved. The Bruce Brothers coming up when I was playing junior, just down the road in London, a couple hours. Um, so I got to see them play a lot. So I had this feeling about Joe Lewis Arena. So going in there. You know, named after a heavyweight champ. It was my kind of barn, right? So I, I just really liked the feel in there. It just was a real cool place to play. But I feel that way about a lot of the old buildings. You know, Chicago Stadium, I love the boards in there. I still, every time I walk in there, I push the board just because they got that little buckle to them. And you just felt you could go out there and run right through the glass when you wanted to hit guys, and you wouldn't get hurt. The new buildings today, I'm going to tell you, they have really hard boards. Back in the day, Chicago, you go in there, the old St. Louis Stadium, I mean, you could run around, hit the boards, and very, very rarely would somebody get hurt on a hit along the boards because they had a lot of gift to them. And I honestly thought it made guys hit more, and it made the games more exciting. That was just my opinion, and that's maybe why I like those buildings. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one thing that neither Connor or Leon yet have done is they've not had a seven-point game, okay? Um, there you the, go. The Oilers have had eight seven-point games in their career. Uh, Paul Coffey has an eight-point game. Sam Gagne has an eight-point game. Wayne Gretzky has two eight-point games. And he's got one, two, three, four, five, six, six, seven-point games. So crazy stuff. Unbelievable against Nashville. Louie, the Oilers, they have no problem with the Preds. They're 9-0-1 in their last 10 against the Preds. Uh-huh. 
and yet they're 1-8 in the last nine against Minnesota, and yet Minnesota beat... I found it. Thank you very much uh, to Cactus Jack for sending... Here it is. I, we can finally take care of this once. Th these are the numbers. It, this was bothering me, so I want to get this right. Most career five-point performances by uh, a player as an Edmonton, in Edmonton Oilers franchise history... Uh, Glenn Anderson had six five-point games. Leon Dreisaitl has six five-point games, including two, three, and five against Nashville. The second time this year he had a five-point game against the Preds. Connor McDavid's had seven point, uh, five-point games. Paul Coffey has had ten five-point games. Yari Curry has 14. So you're thinking that's pretty good. Like, you know, Coffey 10, Curry, yep. Curry yep. 14. You know, McDavid 7, Dreisaitl 6. Wayne Gretzky 79. <laughs> Like, it just, like, we just started just, laughing on I the tell ball. you, when you said that, we did. We just started chuckling because I was expecting, okay, he's had 25 five-point games, and then you forget, <laughs> though. And we've heard that stat before probably 15, 20 years ago, and then you, you forget it, and then you hear it again, and it shocks you the same way it did 20 years ago. You go, wow, geez, 79 five-point games. That is just ridiculous. But that's why they call him the great one. That's why he leads all points and just assists alone. It is. I mean, he, he is number one in points in the National Hockey League history on assists alone, not even including his record-setting goals of 892. I mean, are you kidding me? Give me a break. Unbelievable. But uh, that's why, you know what, for our generation especially, um, and don't get me wrong, and I've said this, and I think Connor McDavid might be the best hockey player we've ever seen in the history of the game. Agreed. Like, just the way he plays the game, at the speed he plays the game, what he can do at that speed. And I know that Connor would, would probably look at us and say, are you crazy? Look at these great players that have played before him because he has a ton of respect for the, for the other generations of the game. He really does, as all great players do, because those are the guys that he wanted to be like. Those are the players that he looked up to coming up through the ranks, and they have the utmost respect for the players before them, which I think is a great quality to have. But, I, I, you know, you put McDavid back in the 80s when the goaltenders at that time didn't even butterfly. I, I'm telling you, I think he would have given a run for his money. Oh yeah. That, there's no question, generation to generation to generation, the way Wayne Gretzky dominated his generation of players um, has never been seen before. Yeah, we're joined right now by Louis DeBrus for GCL Diesel. All right, circling back. Can you figure out Minnesota's domination of Edmonton, Edmonton's domination of Nashville, and yet Nashville can beat Minnesota? What gives? You know, I mean, a lot of things. And, again, it goes back to what I was saying earlier. Sometimes, for whatever reason, you just have a little bit of a different feeling in a building. And, and listen, they had a good outing in Edmonton against Minnesota. It didn't go well in the two games in Minnesota. But that goes back to when Backstrom was the goalie. And... You know, he just seemed to have Edmonton's number every single night that he played against them. I think he was 11-0-1 and 12, 12 starts against them at one point. Might have even been worse. Might have been up to 17 or something like that. But um, I don't know. I wish I could put a finger on him. Bob, I know one thing's for sure. I think the Oilers would like to put a finger on it because it's one of those things. But give them credit. They seem to have their number. They play a stingy, hard game. They play a physical game. They can get matchups a little bit better at home. That could play into it. The personnel they want to have on the ice. And, you know, quite frankly, the game last game in Minnesota – on Monday night, I didn't think that Edmonton was real sharp in that game. Uh, I thought they, they did create enough chances. They just couldn't find that finish and polish, and sometimes that's going to happen. And that's what happens. It was a one-goal game right to the end, and they had a good chance right at the end. They just couldn't tie it up. And 
tip your hat to Minnesota. But I do think it is the way they get pumped up to play Edmonton, the way they get uh, themselves ready to make sure that they're going to go up against the personnel that Edmonton has. And, you know, Jonas Brodeen coming back I think was a big help to them because he's a guy that can skate. He's not going to physically overwhelm you, but he's going to be in front of you. He's going to have his stick active, and he doesn't try and do too much. And I think that's probably why he can give you a hard time because his sole purpose is to just make sure you're not going to get a clean look, you're not going to get a clean rush. And even in saying that, they still had their three-on-ones and three-on-twos and a couple opportunities that could have done some damage on. And like I said, it just didn't go. So um, you can all you can only limit McDavid and Dreisaitl. You're never going to take those opportunities completely away. But give Minnesota some credit. They uh, had a pretty stingy game against the top two guys in the league. Louie, the Oilers are 11 for 24 in the power play over the last seven games. They've gone from sixth to first in the league. It's not even close yeah. right now. They're up by 2.3%. And they can score at any time. As you found, I, and just so the listeners are aware, we, I don't know what happens on the TV broadcast during the actual game until I go home that night and then I go watch the eight-minute Sportsnet recap and you poke some fun at yourself, say, geez, I should know better by now. Oh, God. I know, and I feel bad because you've done some play-by-play in your day, and I know that's the call, right? So I totally ruined Jack's call on that. They had to use the, the Nashville call, on, which is ter- not terrible, but they just <laughs> obviously aren't as excited seeing McDavid come down and score a beautiful goal like that to extend the lead once again. And you'd think I'd know by now because he's burned me a few times. So I might have to have a conversation with him. Can he just give me a little nod up into the press box when he's going to go on one of those runs? Or better yet, I'll just shut up because I poke fun at myself this time. A lot of times that would usually make me very angry when I butcher a call like that for my fellow play-by-play compatriots. But um, this time I just kind of laughed and said, you know what, when it's Connor, I put my head down for one second, Bob. That's what happened. So I'm watching. They're breaking out of the zone. I put my head down as I'm having this conversation, just looking at something on my sheet, which, you know, we do periodically from time to time. And when I looked up, I couldn't close off my sentence fast enough before he put it in the net. I just was like, oh, geez. I got out like right at the second, but it was just like, I should have just stopped and uh, just let him do his thing. But you never know when he's going to go on one of those runs. I just have to be aware that when he has the puck on his stick, he has the potential to do that. So get out. Well, uh, again, and the stat, uh, Jack brought it up today with us, uh, Leon Dreisaitl, first time in NHL history, a guy's had 20 goals and 30 points in 10 games versus an opposition team. And McDavid and Dreisaitl, 1-2 in scoring right now. The power play is going. Edmonton's doing this without three of their top nine forwards. Uh, it sounds like Fogel maybe a chance he, he gets back in the lineup against Anaheim. They still don't have McLeod, and, and obviously Evander's out for a while. Louie, we're going to switch focus to St. Louis. This is a very atypical St. Louis performance to start the season. They're giving up a ton of goals against. Um, they got guys with huge minuses. Is this a byproduct of the fact that they've only got one defenseman remaining from their top six that was with them when they beat your, you know, your son's team, Jake DeBrus in Boston, in the 18-19 Stanley Cup? You saw a lot of those games. Yeah, you know what? I don't know if that's, that's what it is. I think the defense core they have now is still pretty darn strong. I think it's always been a foundation of their game, a defensive, hard-nosed, structured uh, system. I think it's just one of those things. Obviously, they're really fighting it right now. They're trying to find that identity, regain that identity, not find it, find it, because they still have that identity of as, as a team. I think any time you play against the Blues, 
I mean, you heard Jay Woodcroft this morning. They, they understand this is going to be a tight-checking, hard game. Now, if you go in there foolishly thinking this is the team that is struggling and letting a lot of goals go in the net, you're going to be loosey-goosey against them? Well, you know exactly what's going to happen. They're, they're going to eat you for lunch. They will. Simple as that. So you always have to prepare the same way for the Blues, and I think that's a great quality for an organization to have is that you kind of know what you're going to get, but there's no question. There's been some struggles this year, and they've been trying to find that identity again, regain it, and uh, for Edmonton tonight, I think this is one of those games where they've had two real hard-fought games against St. Louis. They were one-goal games, an open netter in the first one after a power play goal by Krug, and then a real hard-fought battle right to the end in St. Louis that uh, I thought was one of the better games of the year, especially early on. As Jay mentioned, we couldn't believe how, how hard of a game it was early in the season, but it was fun to watch, and I expect the same tonight. I really do. And that's the preparation that Edmonton has to have in their mind. They have to go out there, understand this is going to be a war, essentially, right to the end, maybe extra, whatever it takes. That's the mentality they have to have, and then I'll think, I think they'll be fine. But this is also a very proud St. Louis yep. team. This is, they have a lot of pride in that room. There's a lot of real key core veteran players that you know, want to get off this kind of trend and start trending in the right direction. If you're Edmonton, you don't want to be the team they find that game in, so go out there and make it a difficult night as much as possible, and I think they're ready for it. I think they've played St. Louis so many times now, especially the core of this team at Edmonton here, um, Bob, that they understand the type of game that needs to be played, and I will say this. I remember talking about that game in St. Louis as it was a great time to have those two games against the Blues because I thought it really dialed in Edmonton. I thought it really made them and forced them to be really detail-oriented in their game. And you know what? Listen, that's the one thing you're always trying to strive for as an organization. You want to play the same way regardless of who you're playing against. Um, sometimes these games are at a perfect time to make sure that you're focused and ready to go. I believe Edmonton will be tonight. Louis, did you ever cross paths on the ice with Craig Berube? <laughs> Unfortunately, a few times, yeah. How'd you, yeah. How'd you I, do? I know, what his, I know what his knuckle sandwich tastes like, if that's what you're asking me. <laughs> how'd you do? Uh, you know what? I did okay and I think one of them. Not, not okay in a couple of them. And the other one wasn't my, I don't know. I think I fought him four times if I'm not mistaken. I'd have to go back and look at that. But uh, for sure, three, I think four, one time in exhibition. I got to go back and look. But yeah, but the one time we had in Calgary, he had, uh, he had hit, I think he hit Craig McTavish with a pretty good hit. So Ted Green, um, the late Ted Green, you know, one of the best. He he grabbed me. He was all fired up on the bench, and he threw me out there and said, go play right wing. I'm a left winger. I never play right wing. So I look up, and uh, Craig was out there on left wing. So I knew exactly what he was asking me to do. So I kind of tapped him, chased him around the ice a little bit, and then uh, he proceeded to throw me around like a rag doll for about eight, eight and a half seconds. And we jokingly, when I got up off the ice, which I got up pretty quick too. I uh, I looked up and he was already sitting in the penalty box, so he he got the bull ride in. That's for sure. Yeah, uh, it was about the same length as a bull ride. How about this? A successful bull ride. How about Cliff <laughs> Ronning in New West playing uh, in between Todd Ewan and Craig Berube? How safe how safe was he? Yeah, you know what? That's the greatest thing. And, you know, I've always said this about Chief. You know, he's a guy that multiple teams brought him back for a second stint. And any time an organization brings a guy back, it just goes to show you the type of player that he was and the type of personality that he was in that dressing room. I mean, play a 1,000 games in a tough guy role in the National Hockey, there's only a few guys that have done it. 
Um, he's one of them. Donald Brashear was another as well. You know, he really toughed it out, got a thousand games, but. But uh, Barubi for me is maybe, and I've said this to you before, he might be one of the most underrated tough guys ever to play the game. He fought everybody and anybody that came through the National Hockey League in his tenure. He didn't duck anyone. He fought everyone. He fought every guy the same. He didn't care. And uh, I mentioned, uh, so... Uh, Barube had 25 goals, 69 points, point per game in 70 games with New West, 191 pims. Todd Ewan, who was an Oilers draft choice, as you know, he's no longer with us, 11 goals, 31 points, 304 pims. By the way, Todd Ewan knocked Bob Probert out as a member of the St. Louis Blues, and Cliff Ronnie, 89 goals and 197 points because nobody wanted to go near him that year in the Western League. There you well, have it. And you, know, and you know what? Craig could play, too. That's the other thing, too. You know, you know, he was kind of from the old cloth of tough guys but he could play the game he was uh you know obviously a good coach he knows systems he knows how to get guys riled up he you know has a very highly respected individual in the hockey world and rightfully so but yeah he was a pretty scary individual i'm not gonna i'm not gonna kid you bob when i came in the league i knew how tough he was he had lightning fast hands his, his right hand was just like a piston and uh Tough, tough guy. You know what? And one of the nicer guys you're going to meet off the ice. I remember bumping into him in Banff years ago, him and Ronnie Stern. Um, and this is the Battle of Alberta days. And you know what? You bump into a guy off the ice that smiles, handshakes, and then you see each other on the ice and it's, let's drop the gloves and fight. That's just the way it was, right? But you always had that respect to guys because you knew they were just doing a job and uh, I'm happy to see him having success. I wasn't happy to see him have success against my kid, but... Uh, but I guess uh, congratulations to him in that regard. But, uh, I, you know, he's one of my all-time favorites. I, I like him a lot, and uh, it's good to see him do what he's doing. All right, awesome stuff. Thanks a lot, Lou Dog. All right, take care. That is Louis DeBrusque. It is 12.55 in Edmonton. When we come back, Oilers game day trivia for St. Albert Sports, St. Albert Source for Sports. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's time, 12.58 Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. Oilers game day trivia. Up for grabs, a $50 GC and bragging rights from St. Albert Source for Sports, your hockey headquarter for over 35 years. You text us the correct answer at 780-496-0063. The first correct answer wins. It's this simple. Here's the question. Can you name the two current St. Louis Blues that have played games for the Edmonton Oilers. 780-496-0063. We will head off to a global news weather traffic update uh, with Kevin Robertson, and we'll come back with Jeremy Rutherford from The Athletic out of St. Louis.